welcome to episode two of Science Unlocked. I'm Becca, your host for the podcast. And with me, I have Nicole. Nicole, hello. You are the GSC's Dive Safety Officer, or DSO. Can you talk to me about your role here at the Science Center? And, you know, what do you... You're a diver. <laughs> you dive yes. with the sharks. I know. I get paid to do it. It's pretty yes. cool. Um, yeah, so I'm the dive safety officer here at the Greensboro Science Center. Um, I love diving. So I started diving. This is going to age me. I started diving back in the mid-90s. I was a teenager. Uh, started diving then and just fell in love with it and didn't want to stop. So, so what is your favorite thing about diving? Is it being underwater mm -hmm. and the, I mean, it's, for me, it's so serene once I get mm -hmm. under and you know, there's, everything's much louder and it's kind of disorienting if you think about sounds, but we're not going to focus on the, that. We're going to focus yeah. on, it's serene. I mean, and you're somewhere where other people can't normally go. That's exactly, I was thinking if I had a superpower, it would be, I can breathe underwater. I think you can. But, <laughs> a little bit. But it, it's definitely, it's the serene, but I also think like, I, I don't need to go into space to like go find aliens. You wanna find aliens, go underwater true. for a while. Very so true. it's like being on another planet. So, and, and I realized years ago, I ended up taking a mindful meditation class and learning about breathing techniques. And part of me kind of realized that's part of why I love diving so much because it's really just slowly focusing on your breathing, it's realizing where you are and just really being in the moment. So you're, you're not underwater thinking about, you know, well, I have to go to the grocery tonight and then I'm going to make this for dinner and then I've got to pay this bill. No, you're just living in that moment. You so know, it's really amazing. That was my favorite thing about getting certified diving with you last year was mm -hmm. we went to the quarry for those two days. And in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to be diving for an entire day. That's going to be so long and then it was like the end of the day came and I'm like where did the time go I know and then you were hungry and <laughs> <Yeah>. thirsty and <laughs> so how did you get into diving um so I grew up in northern Indiana where there's no ocean there's no but there are lots of lakes and so my family had a lake cottage um just over into the Michigan border not on one of the great lakes a smaller lake and I pretty much could swim before I could walk so oh. I always grew up around water and I had an opportunity when I was a teenager to do a, what they call a discover scuba. They basically give you the basics just enough so that you don't hurt yourself. Yeah. And then you get to go out diving. And when that happened, I was like, this is it, I'm done. I, this is what I want to do. And I just kept going from there. So Northern um, Indiana, that's, that's cold water. Yeah. I don't like cold water. <laughs> I, I'm, I much prefer, the interesting thing is the lake that my family lived on was called Coldwater Lake. Oh. So, you know, but yeah, I, I don't like cold water. I'm a warm water diver. I fully admit I'm spoiled. 100%. I like warm water. I mean, even when we went to the quarry, I waited till freezing. the water warm. Well, that was warm for the quarry. So I let it warm up a little bit, but yeah, no, I, it's just something I've loved. And then I went from being an open water diver in 1995 and then by 2000 I got my first professional level as a dive master That's so cool and then 2006 I hit another milestone where I got my open water scuba instructor so that's being able to certify other people and then two years later I got my master scuba diver trainer so I just what kept you, going what are those steps for people that don't realize so you know to get scuba dive certified mm -hmm. scuba you know certified. this yeah. yeah I know this I because I'm scuba certified you know you have to do a swim test and then mm -hmm. you've got to go do, you know, two dives, some confined mm -hmm. water dives where you can't really go out and 
get lost underwater. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can do, and then you have to do two open water dives. But you know, to be a dive master and then, you know, what is that process? So yeah, so for the open water dives, yeah, you've got a bunch of classroom and then you do a bunch of pool work, which we call confined water. And then we do four open water dives. So they just all bled together. <laughs> they did. Yes. So we actually did four open water dives. And then you progress through that into learning different skills, advanced. You learn how to rescue. Um, dive master's a whole different mm -hmm. thing. So consider that swim test that we did times 10. That was 10. awful. That sounds terrible. Um, we, <laughs> I almost threw up. <laughs> you spend a lot, because it's your first level of professional level. So you spend a lot of time um, doing observations, seeing other open water classes, learning how to problem solve, learning how to recognize those things. Because you know this. I mean, all of a sudden we're like, oh, here, stick this in your mouth and breathe underwater. Yeah, it's, There's a certain level of anxiety that goes with that. And that's healthy. That's yeah. a good anxiety. And it's You're telling me I shouldn't have wanted to do that. I shouldn't have been totally comfortable just sticking something in my mouth and assuming that I would be okay. Yeah. So there, there's a good level of anxiety. And not that there's a bad level of anxiety, but that level of we really need to kind of spend a little extra time yeah. and work with this person. So they start kind of realizing the dive masters, those different levels. So they do a lot of observations and we basically run them through everything again and they learn how to do all those skills again at demonstration quality. Ooh. And we throw a lot of things at them so that they learn how to problem solve. Cause yeah, you know this when you're underwater, yeah. You have to be able to yeah, problem solve underwater. Yeah, That's I mean, half of what it is learning to be a diver is learning to problem solve. And, and to stay calm. How can mm -hmm. you stay calm in these moments where uh, something's not going quite right? And how can I stay calm in this moment? Mm -hmm. Well, so you got to do something cool. I mean, you've done a lot of cool things. I mean, you lived in Florida and you got to dive in those coral reefs, but you returned to those coral reefs for a Greensboro Science Center, you know, conservation trip. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. You applied so people probably don't know this, but we have an internal conservation grant that we give out to our employees. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about that. I mean, you obviously were the winner last year, so. Yeah, it was fantastic. I was, I was really excited about it. So the Conservation Research Department offers this grant and I applied for myself and two other staff members to uh, go down to the Florida Keys and work with a variety of conservation organizations. Um, yes, I have lived in the Florida Keys before, so it seemed like I kind of knew yeah. enough people and I knew enough organizations that it seemed like a good fit. And it's also something we don't have to get on a plane to go down there. Yeah. We can hop in our car, we can bring our gear. We have divers here, so it just seemed to make sense. So um, I applied for this and yes, it was wonderful, I got it. And so three of us uh, got to go down to the Florida Keys in May and we stayed in the Upper Keys in Key Largo and we work between Key Largo and Isla Mirada, and we work with two different uh, coral conservation organizations. One was Coral Restoration Foundation, and the other one was just CRF, and the other one is ICARE, which stands for Isla Mirada Conservation and Restoration Education, That's and so they cool. do a lot of restoring uh, coral reefs. So our coral reefs have been hit really bad by disease, climate change, hurricanes, and so they're going back out and helping to restore that. We also worked with REEF, uh, which is REEF Environmental Education Foundation, and they are spearheading um, a citizen science effort to track uh, fish populations yeah. because unfortunately, you know, since industrialized fishing, 
the fish populations have started to decline. And so we don't know what we don't know. So who better than divers who are on these reefs every single day to be able to go, oh, I see this fish and I see this fish yeah. and there's this many of this fish so that we start to realize what is still there and what we're losing. And they have this um, publicly accessible uh, website that scientists all over the world are able to access. And they publish papers on this, but also it gets into the hands of both domestic and international policymakers yeah. so that they can that's, be the ones saying, so you know, cool. hey, we're losing this species, we need to start protecting it. Yeah. And so it was fantastic I working mean, with these organizations. What an impact. I mean, you're making a global impact with, you know, these these easy things. I mean, even the citizen scientists, you know, you're making this global impact and this is, mm -hmm. you are helping not only Florida, the Florida Keys, the reef and all of that, but you're helping the world really. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Well, and I, I, one of the things I really enjoyed about this trip is, is, you know, there was myself and one of our coral aquarists, uh, Rachel, and then also yeah, our Yeah, you didn't hippo. take me. We won't talk about that. You didn't take me. <laughs> next year, next year. Um, our, our hippo string keeper, Mike, who is also a certified diver, but we kind of had this nice spectrum of experience levels where obviously I've been diving and teaching this for a lot of years. And um, um, Rachel, Rachel, who she's a rather experienced uh, aquarium diver, yes, she is. and Mike is kind of just in the same boat with yeah. you, where he's a brand new diver. So it just goes to show you don't have to be some experienced diver. You can still be a new diver and go out and make these impactful contributions to coral conservation and just coral reef conservation. I mean, it's, and it, it sounds like it's so easy. You know, you and from the pictures and the way that you described it, you know, you just you go, hey, Reef. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen them. I, you know, we follow them as the Science Center, and mm -hmm. we are conservation partners with mm -hmm. them as well. I, I know that you spearheaded that, and I yeah. think that's incredible. Um, but, you know, we, I see them sharing, you know, hey, we have a class this day, and this is who's leading it, and we're going to talk about invasive lionfish. And mm -hmm. that's actually a species that we have here at the Science Center to kind of bring awareness to people that, you know, this is a, an invasive species. Right. And it's, you know, and I see that they'll, they go out and they count how many lionfish are out in Florida. And I'm assuming mm -hmm. it's a lot because. They, you know, actually, they've done a great job because I started diving in uh, the Florida Keys in the mid-90s. And I can talk about that, how I've seen the progression of, of the reefs, you know, in the past, you know, 25 plus years. But, you know, when the lionfish started to come about in, oh, I don't know, kind of the... 2010-ish, you yeah. know, we started seeing them and it was all of a sudden like this explosion. And it was like everywhere you looked, you would see a lionfish there. And when we went down there, the with the Greensboro Science Center, we didn't see a single lionfish. So it was just amazing the impact that they had had because Reef is also going out and they do lionfish derbies. Yeah. They train the public how to basically capture these lionfish and then they do like fish fries and everything yeah. like like lionfish did fish fries. Any? So we did not eat any lionfish when we were down there, but <laughs> it's still too hard. I'm still, I look yeah. at them every day and I'm like, I can't eat you. I know, I'm I get sorry. it. I get it. I don't yeah. eat meat, so I get it. But I yeah, so they've done a fantastic job. And so, you know, I've dove all throughout the Caribbean and we see lionfish yeah. and I didn't see any and it was fantastic That's because incredible. those lionfish while it may seem like oh it's no problem they're beautiful fish but the problem is is they're voracious eaters yeah. and they will eat 
every juvenile around so then you start losing other fish populations just to this one little lionfish and they breed like crazy so this is not where they're supposed to be so indo-pacific great yeah. caribbean not so great and I, I think that's something that people don't have maybe they don't quite understand that you know with these invasive species they shouldn't be here and they shouldn't be here because they're taking things away from the native population. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they are, and we have that, you know, Lindsay does that and we'll be talking to her in future episodes about the mussels here right. in the Carolinas and in North America, really, you know, these mussels, we actually have invasive mussels that are killing off our native mussels and how can we mm -hmm. help them, you know? And so it's incredible that there were mm -hmm. no lionfish. No, it was <laughs> wonderful to see because it was the first dive I have done in the Caribbean in a decade and I have not seen a lionfish. So um, it, that was really fantastic. Now, granted, I hadn't been to the actual Florida Keys in like eight years or so, but yeah. I had been other places throughout the Caribbean and I always saw lionfish. So wow. reef is really making an impact That's in the Florida incredible. Keys. And again, it's all spearheaded by citizen scientists, by the diving community of people just saying, I love diving. I love this. What can I do to help? I want to do that yeah. next trip. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I know that you said that that was something that you really liked. Would you say that's your favorite part of this trip or did you have a, it's probably hard, it's hard to, to say a favorite part. It was all just so amazing. And what I, I guess probably my favorite part was obviously talking with all the organizations, but when we were there, you, you'd be in the middle of talking with one organization and they'd be like, have you heard about this organization? They're doing these That's really cool awesome. things. So they're all supporting one another. Yeah. It's not like they're competing against of, we need to get you know these citizen science, their tourist dollars, and we need to get this grant money. It was like, we're all just working together because we love the coral reef so much and we want to help yeah, it. Yeah, and I think that's super important, being able to work together because, you know, mm -hmm. you've got to be able to, you know, Keith said this in the last episode, science is a bunch of different disciplines kind of working together. And I would mm -hmm. say that conservation is the same thing. Yeah. It's a bunch of different disciplines. You know, it's you've got your citizen scientists. Yes, you've mm -hmm. got, you know, even not just citizen scientists, you have everyday people who maybe they just like to dive. Yeah. And not so much into the sciencey part of it. You've got the real scientists and then mm -hmm. you've got the conservationists who are kind of, you know, and they're all working together with how can they make this, right. how can they do, you know, make the world better basically. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Um, so did you walk away with any new knowledge or thoughts that you'd like to share from this? Well, having lived in, you know, the Keys previously and having been diving there since the mid nineties, you know, it was initially shocking yeah. to to go back. Like there was a point when I was on the reef and I kind of hung back from everybody and I kind of had a moment because I hadn't been there since the stony coral yeah. tissue disease had hit the Florida Keys, which basically decimated the stony corals down there. And so I kind of had this moment of like, what happened? What happened to my reef? You know, at one point in time, this is where I called home. And so I was like, what happened to this? Um, and then we literally turn this corner and I see all the transplant sites of where they had been putting the staghorn coral and the elkhorn coral that was once I tell lost. You, the pictures and... that you shared from that were, I mean, they gave me chills. Yeah. It, it's incredible. I mean, they're all, you know, it's these tall, long trees, I guess is kind of what yeah, you would call yeah, them. Yeah, these coral trees. Yeah 
where they would hang all the pieces of coral so that way they could get all the nutrients and then they'd go around and they'd clean off the bad algae and they'd let them grow and then they'd take them off the coral tree and they plant them That's back so out cool. on the reef. And it's really amazing. So while I went from like this really low moment of going, oh my gosh, what happened to my reef to turning a corner and going, we're bringing it back, yeah. you know, and realizing that, you know, the diving community and just the public in general has helped spearhead this and are passionate about it. And so it, it left me with hope because, yeah. you know, you can get bogged down with all the statistics and everything that's happening. And it does feel, it can feel hopeless sometimes, yeah. but then you see those efforts of what's going on and all of a sudden it just buoyed me right back up and I'm like, okay, this is what we gotta do. All right, Greensboro Science Center, we're here. We're gonna do this, we're gonna keep doing this and it was fantastic. Well, and I know yeah. our followers loved following you guys along on our, our social media and yeah. I loved following you along, mm -hmm. not only on our social media, but through like <laughs> yeah. seeing the albums of picture, you know. Text messages yeah, text and everything. Messages, <laughs> albums, yeah. I loved all of it, you know, and I, I think that it's, it's so cool that the Science Center was able to make an impact. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, I know that our guests know that, you know, we have the Coins for Conservation where that makes an impact locally. Right. And, you know, you buy a ticket to the Science Center, we give 25 cents to wherever you want. That's yeah. what that Coins for Conservation thing is at the front of our entrance. But, you know, I think things that people don't realize is that we send people out to the Florida Keys. You know, Lindsay goes to Mona and we've got a project that she works here as well, restoring streams. And so it's, so cool to see the impact that the Science Center has, not only mm -hmm. locally and statewide, but also, you know, globally. Yeah, I, I'm it's conservation in action. Yeah, so, and, and I love that. I mean, we, we're here, you know, we talk about it every day. We talk about it within, you know, the staff. We talk about it with guests. And so it's really exciting to, because we do it here in the building, but it's nice to be able to like set a foot outside the building as well and go like, we're doing it out here yeah. as well. So, yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, how did this dive experience compare to other dive experiences you have? And have you mm -hmm. ever experienced anything like this? Have you ever done a conservation solely just a conservation dive trip? Nothing solely conservation, because I, I do have a background where I was a dive safety officer at a university and we did a lot of underwater archaeology, but then oh, we also did, yeah, a that's second. a whole other discussion. <laughs> that's going to be a separate podcast episode because that's awesome. So we did Sign that, but, up. but we also worked with a lot of um, geologists as well. So we were doing, you know, coral studies and coral conservations, but never anything like this, you know, where yeah. it was literally just kind of, we're trying to do citizen science stuff and go out and also show people that, you know, it's great that the Greensboro Science Center is going out, but you can do this too. Yes, we're going to continue and do this, but you know, you can be a snorkeler and go out and help. Yeah. If you're a scuba diver, you know, go out and, and help out with some of this. Okay, Nicole, so for our listeners, what are those coral foundations and the coral conservation foundations that they can reach out to and be a part mm -hmm. of? Well, that you've worked with the the ones that that we went down and worked with was um, or were uh, the Coral Restoration Foundation CRF. They are actually global, so you can find them all over the world. But they started in Key Largo, Florida, um, and they run public programs, so you can literally get on their website and start booking trips with them. Um, we also worked with iCare, which is down in Isle Morata, the Isle Morata Conservation and Restoration Education. And same thing, you can go online, you can find their website, and you can book dives with them. That's awesome. Um, the uh, Reef uh, 
Reef Environmental Education Foundation, um, same thing. They run public programs. A lot of them are free. Some of them, they do charge money, but it's kind of the same thing. They'll actually train you on how to do fish identification. Ooh. So you can go out anywhere in the world, you learn this stuff and how they do it. So if you wanted to go off of the coast of North Carolina, if you wanted to go up to Alaska and go diving, you know, you wanted to go to cold. Iceland, which I think that's the one place I would do some cold water diving for. I, I might join you. Yeah. Glacier diving so yeah exactly so you can learn to identify fish in those different areas and then you take all of that back and you record it on their website so they do a lot of just in-house training so that you can take that out and take it anywhere you want so well, it's really fantastic this was awesome well Nicole thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy dive schedule not only diving with the sharks uh, teaching, earlier today yeah <laughs> teaching our new divers but mm -hmm. also training our Rays. Mm -hmm. I think we'll have to get you back on to talk about that. Yeah. And your very special relationship with Surfer, our spotted eagle ray. It's my boy. Thank you so much for joining us for episode two of Science Unlocked. But before we say our final goodbye, we have an exciting announcement. We are giving away four flyaway passes. You can win four flyaway zipline passes just by going to our website, greensboroscience.org, and taking a short survey. Just let us know how we're doing with our podcast, what you're enjoying, maybe not what you're enjoying, and what we can do in future episodes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.